Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line. I'm Mike Melby. Harrison Arns behind the board tonight. Rebecca Pearson to my right. The new owner of Eagle Chassis, Mike Boston, sitting across. And Nick Bryan as well. Pilots a sprint car whenever he kind of feels like it these days. Puts family first and helps Mike out as well. Uh, happy to announce tonight that uh, Eagle Motorsports LLC is going to sponsor Victory Lane, the segment here on uh, the finish line on 93.7 The Ticket. And I was able to share last week that Eagle Chassis is alive and well, just in a little bit different format. So, Mike, I know you were with him EMI for about two and a half years. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. With Speedway Motors. And um, then walk me through kind of what happened. Uh, no one, this was out of the blue. Nobody really expected uh, EMI to close. Yeah, it was um, one day we were working and uh, Dave Wallace, which is uh, – uh, one of the head guys at uh, Speedway himself, and he was overseeing uh, EMI, uh, called me and said, uh, hey, um, after work, uh, need you and Brian to come into my office, which was at the main <clears throat> warehouse, and uh, said, okay. So we no more and walked in the door, Brian and I, and he says, effective, I mean, uh, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, um, you know, operations at EMI are, uh, you know, done. And it, uh, after Brian and I kind of, caught our wits with one another and it uh, i mean there was no indication i mean it uh, it's like okay and um from there it was more of the game plan moving forward um <clears throat> brian and i were both fortunate we were both car builders and there was a lot of loose ends to get cleaned up and uh, brian and i were fortunate we got to continue on for a month more working on cars loose ends and then also it uh they uh you know paid us for another month of uh you know pay or whatever so it, uh, which they didn't didn't have to that's for sure so then things are closed you guys have wrapped up loose ends for them and then if i remember uh what you were talking about on friday carson smith walks up and says hey how would you like some equipment yeah that was uh another big surprise i mean <clears throat> You know, I'm at the end of my racing career, and it, uh, I thought I was uh, getting closer to retirement or whatever. So um, I thought I was going to retire at EMI or whatever because it was a dream job at, uh, you know, fabricator, building car, doing what you love. At, uh, <clears throat> and then um, having the, you know, carpet kind of pulled out from under you. So anyway, it, uh, it was a great gesture on speedways, and obviously also it's going to be a, a bonus or plus for them. Uh, for our severance package, um, you know, we got a bunch of equipment, um, you know, welders, mill, lathe, uh, benders, and uh, some material to get started. And uh, he said, you know, here's part of your severance package, uh, you know, for a dollar. So, um, <clears throat> you know, how can you say no? It, uh, so, and, and I'll um, take two. Yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, it was, uh, you know, very great gesture as far as, you know, not just Carson, but the Smiths in general, uh, everybody was mad, upset. I mean, and, and you know, I, I understand the position that they were in. You know, it's all about, hey, we have to make money first and foremost, and we're just not doing a very good job of that. And, you know, with you and Brian here as fabricators, uh, you know, we can continue to sell our 
pieces and parts that we machine and make and uh, you know supply to you guys as racers and you guys can continue on you know making the chassis and the repairs because without you guys doing that you know uh, you know we're, we're nobody also so it, uh, and it's unfortunate that uh, you know or maybe I should say fortunate Brian is uh, you know went down through a different uh, uh, avenue or whatever still doing the snake chassis uh, but he's going to be in uh, Odessa, Missouri, and um, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Also, yeah, and so you're going to be based here in Lincoln, uh, down in kind of Southwest Lincoln, and you got the shop. I, I asked for a tour of the shop last week, Rebecca, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Well, right now, I simply have a path through it." <laughs> so, uh, you've been moving a ton of equipment, and I know the guest that we had on last week, uh, Tyler Perry, is a guy that you worked with uh, for a long time at EMI and was a, a big part of helping you uh, get the stuff and the equipment out and making sure inventory is, and all that type of stuff were taken care of. Uh, how's the relationship with Tyler and, and all that? How did that go? It seemed like it went pretty smooth. Oh, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, great. Tyler's a, a great guy at, um, and actually I was fixing, uh, uh, you know, Trevor. yeah, yeah. Trevor's uh, car from his incident at, uh, Beatrice and, uh, not really even officially open. So it, uh, but, you know, I wanted to get them out there as soon as I can, and, uh, uh, you know, Trevor kind of got wounded a little bit, uh, so he took a couple weeks off, so it worked out great, so, uh, but <clears throat> to kind of go back to the the pathway or whatever, um, I needed a place to put my sprint car stuff, I mean, I got three cars, I've got, I mean, you know, a dozen motorcycles, I've got a big trailer, and never really had a, a great place to put it, so my girlfriend and I, um, least um you know 2400 square foot building fared man this is going to be awesome it's going to be it's going to be my play shop it's going to be everything we need i mean we pull my you know trailer and my truck and my cars and my bikes and still had room and uh then you know all this happened and now my trailer and truck are outside and um you know i don't have hardly enough room for i mean another piece of tubing and that uh, i still don't have all the stuff in so i mean that's where um you know nick has came in and been uh great uh, my girlfriend uh, amber um you know without all the support you know i i can't do this all alone or whatever so without their help uh, i wouldn't be where i'm at or nor would i've even thought about you know uh taking this challenge so we were talking about safety stuff and you mentioned jason johnson um and and the wreck that that took his life and the the gaps in the car and, and what they do I know what you're talking about. I don't think a lot of other people do. Would you elaborate a little bit on that and some of the safety features then and how they intertwine with Eagle Chassis? Well, the, the situation with Jason is a lot of the, the cages, they're mandated on um, the thickness and the diameters, and Knoxville is one of the, the best in the, the world or whatever as far as doing the tech stuff on there. I mean, last year, uh, not just Eagle Motorsports, um, they they sonic test the thickness in the walls to make sure the consistency is there, and and the manufacturers have you know uh, there's some variance in it, and <clears throat> which it's still within specifications of say Plymouth or Beitler, uh, but some of those. I guess specifications were getting down on the lower side, so instead of being a 83 wall, they were getting down to say, you know, um, you know, 80,000. So three thousands don't seem like a whole big, you know, uh, difference, but you know, where do you stop? So, you know, they kind of, you know, 
got everybody together, had a meeting, and uh, so there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't look, uh, like with Jason Johnson's, they mandated what they call an outlaw bar. Um, it was a deal between the cage, like where the driver would get in the car in and out, and um, it was probably, you know, 24 inches that was unsupported by a tube. So now they've mandated where it can be like 19 inches. So they've shortened that up where it strengthened the cage. So if you did get up on top of something, say an Armco or another car, it's going to add to the safety and the rigidity of that car. And, um, you know, that's what it's about is uh, making sure everybody gets to go home at the end of the night. Well, and, and with the wreck last night with Carson Macedo, uh, the car catches on fire, and that's ultimately the, the biggest problem with that wreck last night. The World of Outlaws mandated at the beginning of this year, you have to have a fire suppression system on the car. Well, what happens when the fire suppression system, due to the impact of the race, goes flying? And that's what happened last night, because I was stunned watching it live. I'm, I'm going, okay, well, I saw the fire erupt, and then they moved the camera, and you didn't get a chance to watch anymore. But the way Johnny was talking, um, I mean... Being around racing, you you knew what was up. Nick, you probably knew what was up. I knew what was going on. I was like, okay, this is not good. And the the amount of time that went by, and the one thing I kept thinking is the fire suppression system. Like that sh- that fire that fire should have gone out before they panned away, and it didn't. And I kept wondering what was happening there. Nick, you had an interesting comment about what you think the outlaws are going to have to to try to do since that happened a little bit off the air, or a little bit ago off the air. Yeah, I mean, basically just uh, I got to saw, uh, see a, an, probably an unwanted clip at this point, uh, being a racer. But, um, you know, there, there was a clip on YouTube this morning that got to show somebody from the, the fan side. So they actually uh, queued in on, mm-hmm. on everything that was happening. So uh, during the impact of the crash, the fire suppression bottle actually broke off the car and, and it, you know, uh, ruptured itself in, into, you know, uh, going off before the actual car landed, you know, and then the actual engulfed. Uh, fire that was able everybody was able to see on the broadcast on on dirt vision but uh you know like every event or you know anything that happens with racing um, we learn from it so um i think the last night's crash you know they're gonna say okay hey these these brackets or where these things are mandated to be mounted it may be in an unwanted place or whatever in the car but they're definitely gonna have to do something to make it a little bit safer that you know can hold that kind of an impact especially you know, large racetracks like Knoxville, they carry a lot of speed, and, you know, and, and when you hit those walls at those speeds, uh, you know, the impact, of, you know, the materials and stuff that they're using, so. What does that make you think of uh, in other, maybe before the fire suppression system, what, what was going on, and how did they decide to put that fire suppression system in place? Like, what was the logic going up to that? Do you know? Um, I think, uh, well, last year there was a couple uh, races out in California where guys, you know, had caught fire and stuff, you know, and, and uh, you basically put yourself in a situation where uh, you rely on your safety equipment, uh, you rely on uh, the the racetrack to have the proper, uh, you know, fire suppression, you know, you, you put your life or, you know, your quality of life after that in somebody else's hands. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, obviously everybody wants to walk away and they want to go unscathed from any kind of accident, you know. And uh, I think that's why the outlaws implement like, hey, you know, we have the safety device. We have the resources, you know, and these these suppression systems are like 500 to to $1,000. So it's nothing to these teams that race for, yeah, you know, most, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for for the cost of what, what they cost, I mean, I, I could see why they say, hey, you know, this isn't going to be a, a cost shot. effective yeah. uh, implemented uh 
safety rules. So. Well, and it's a start, but maybe you can engineer them differently going forward. I, the thing that struck me is that not, not having seen one of those before was the, you know, your heart goes out to the other drivers trying to help the driver get out, but they're in there and jumping right back out because it's so hot, you know, so, and, and perhaps are getting involved with the, the, you know, the EMTs, right? You need the safety people and the, the medics to be able to get in there. So just process wise, I don't know, you know, I would think you wouldn't want your other drivers jumping in there uh, to try to help, even though you totally understand that. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you two have, you know, been on a track when there's been a nasty accident. And I can't think of anything off the top of my head where we had a, a fire that was that bad, like out at Eagle, uh, that, that would have, you really would have thought someone would have jumped out of the car. I mean, I remember a couple of times after a wreck, uh, one of the guys would jump out, but it was to throw fists, not necessarily to, you know, try to help. It was to <laughs> right. try to, yeah, it, but um, from that standpoint, what the, the, the driver community, um, and it's not just the touring series. I get it. Those guys are on the road. But you guys race against each other every week. I mean, you all drive the same distance to the track uh, that you do every week, but you're racing against the same guys. There's guys that you don't get along with very well. There's guys that you, you know, give the shirt off your back. You make sure you hit the brake and not try to race them for a spot just because. Um, talk about those relationships and how tough it is to decide in the heat of the moment, what do I do here? Sit back and watch. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a, it's more of an instinct, I, I think, than it is, you know. Well, should I do this? I mean, you don't. It's like racing. I mean, you, somebody asks you, well, how do you, you know, go this fast, or how do you go around a corner? You have to think about it because you don't think about it. It, uh, you just, you know, reflexes, and you know, um, and I think that's the same thing. Those guys that came to his, you know, rescue didn't even think about it i'll nope. guarantee you it, nope. it was a reflex and it's like he's hurt we got to get to him and uh you know there's uh Absolutely. you know we'll pay the consequences that uh you know better um you know just same as wolfgang when when he was down there who was at the scene you know it was the racers that uh that got burned at uh, uh donnie Kinsley, donnie yeah. crawford yeah. uh when you know to, uh, you know the girl was you know engulfed i mean it was him that was in the car i mean with her getting you know her out and um i say it's uh, it's something you don't have to think about and i don't care if it was um you know somebody you race against every weekend somebody you don't know somebody that's your best friend or somebody you don't like it's uh you're gonna dig in there and do whatever you have to do yeah. absolutely um i i know from the standpoint uh, the, kind of this segment i want to make sure we focus on on eagle chassis um you kind of set up where we're at your your, your race shop has now become your business shop um so what is the, the next steps now for, for Eagle Motorsports LLC and Eagle Chassis? Uh, obviously, get the shop organized. You have some frames you need to repair. You have some orders. Uh, what would be a good way for, for racers that want to know more about Eagle, possibly looking to get in a new chassis? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, like I say, we're just uh, kind of getting set up. At, uh, I have done some repairs. Uh, um, I've got... I'm still going to continue on with the the Chinese cars, which uh, we can't uh, you know call them Helix. So I'm going to come up with a, another alternative name, but it uh, it'll still be the basically the same car. When I was at uh, Eagle at EMI, at uh, I think I built 165 of them. So <clears throat> excuse me. Um, 
there's not going to be a whole lot that that is going to change as far as car wise i still have the same jigs fixtures um you know still gonna put the same quality in every you know each and every car i've been in contact with uh, some you know people that uh you know have done business you know previously with the help of from tyler perry and um <clears throat> you know we're uh doing a few mini sprints for a, a guy out in uh, California uh, by the name of Scott Kaufman, which is a, another uh, ingenuity. Uh, he's making a, a device called the Chasma, uh, which is another safety device. Uh, it's got foam pucks uh, along with your um, weight of your body, and they go underneath the seat. <clears throat> They're um, going to try to start implementing some stuff through nascar and that's why he's making a move from visalia california to morrisville and um you know trying to help with the safety aspects of it so and and we're working on a few things uh, also or whatever to try to make the car uh, a little bit safer one of the biggest things that i'd seen in the two and a half years i was in is uh, the a-frames of the cars and the a-frames are probably the most one of the most important thing because that's where your your seat sits uh that's where your seat belts are you know uh, positioned and each car that we build has a build sheet and the driver owner puts those locations on what he wants where and sometimes not everybody knows exactly where they need to be or maybe uh, another person gets in that car well um you know that seat belt position should be i mean a minimum of, of four inches below you know where your shoulder blades are sitting so it has a tendency to pull you down in the car uh rather than have that bar you know above it and it's not holding you at all in the car so um <clears throat> you know we're working on some stuff uh with carbon fiber and some aluminum uh where they're adjustable not to say we're the first ones with the adjustable deal but um you know just trying to improve on things so I'm, uh, I mentioned to you off uh, off air that I'm a technical person. I like to understand, you know, what if I'm buying a chassis or selecting my chassis builder, what makes you all different from the others and special? You mentioned quality. What what does that mean to you? And I'm going to ask Nick as the as your marketing guy, right? How he looks at that too. So it, it's uh, chassis wise. I mean, we put a chassis on you know my jig, and you can put a Snay, you can put a J and J, you can put a Maxim. There's not a whole lot of difference between car-wise. It's kind of like a wheel. <clears throat> you know, you can change a little bit on the appearance in this, but it's still round. Mm -hmm. It still rolls. I mean, you're looking for making things as light as you can for reciprocating weight, but also the safety aspect of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Mine is, you know, and I wanted to, you know, chime in a little bit when we were talking earlier about, you know the the weight wise as far as the the suppressant bottles i can almost guarantee you every single one of those suppressant bottles are held on with the lightened aluminum bracket and when you're running 150 mile an hour and go from 150 to zero i mean that type of thing is not going to stay attached <clears throat> i don't understand why it's not going to make the racing any better if we implement um, 100 or 1550 pound weight rule versus a 1425 pound rule um, you know the same guys are going to be consistently fast it's uh, going to make the racing a little bit cheaper um, 
you know, so that's one of my things. I, I'm not a world of outlaw racer, but it, uh, you know, I don't want to see anybody get killed over, you know, uh, three grams. When Johnny Herrera was based out of Lincoln with Cormac, I seen a ton of it or whatever. To, they're over there through the off season weighing every single piece with a gram scale. And at the end of their deal, they knocked off 25 pounds, but they had to weigh everything in grams. And That's it's crazy. like, you know, where would you think, you know, man, I can take 25. I mean, they were cutting spark plug wires to exact lengths and you don't think about it, but it's like, but did that really make that racing any better? But, you know, yes, it did. You know, no, it didn't. But if everybody does it, it's all going to be the exact same. If you're at 1,500, 1,600 or 1,000 pounds, it, um, uh, that's the bottom. Just make it as even playing field as you can, but as safe as you can as well. We'll put a bow on this uh, rendition of the finish line when we come back on 93.7 The Ticket.